0: Welcome to another All Business Podcast. This is Ted Schubel. Thank you for bringing us up on your phone or computer or wherever you're listening. This is where we talk with area business owners, the people that make the region work. When we come back, we're All Business. The All Business Podcast is supported by richmond to DC helpwanted.com. Most folks who work here love living here, and that makes a difference. that work we are at learning enhancement centers christina carson is with us christina it is great to have you here as i look at your I looked at your website it was like two paragraphs into the opening the the, the home page and i could tell kids and education and learning and teaching that is that is what you're all about
1: yeah absolutely i um Always. And just how do we help them? I feel like my calling is to help students and adults figure out like what they're called to do, help them figure out what obstacles are there. How do we help them remove those obstacles or get around them so that they can become who they're called to be? That's a big passion of mine. Yeah.
0: How did you get here? Because I, apparently you were, I mean, you, at, at one time you were a a, a teacher out in a, in a conventional school, and yet you saw that the, you wanted to do more.
1: So I, well, I used to, when I went through school, I'm from Pennsylvania, so I have certifications in kids with learning disabilities, intellectual disabilities, um, emotional disabilities, and then also a regular school teacher. So when I moved down to Virginia, I was taught at the elementary school level. And back then, it was kind of at the beginning of SOLs, I had a lot of time to really work with my students And at that time, you would pull students into the classroom, a self-contained special education classroom, and I could really work on remediating their reading. And so I would get kids to read and things were really going well. And I assumed that when they would go to middle school, they would continue to get that level of instruction. As as the SOLs really came into yeah. being, right, the, pre, the, the focus began to be on getting our kids to pass their SOLs because they need that to graduate. And basically, in my mind, there was less time to cover the, um, to get them to read, to write, to do math. So my last year of teaching, I taught at the middle school. And that one, That's what's in my story on the website. But that was the one that broke my heart because I had 17 students in my language arts class that were between, they were in sixth grade reading between kindergarten and a fourth grade level. And most people are shocked to hear that kids would be reading that low, right? But... Unfortunately, there's kind of this belief system that that's how they are, that's how they'll always be. So if you have a if you ha- if you're in special education, you have something called an IEP, an individualized education plan. And so in that we would say, well, they can't read, so we're going to read to them. They can't write, we're going to scribe for them. They can't do their math, they're going to, you know, calculators. And what started happening is all the way back in the younger years, you know, in first grade, when I went to school, we spent almost all of our time reading, writing, and doing math. Right. Now it is um, in first grade. Now we had to take time away from reading to do social studies for our kids to memorize that John Paul Jones is the father of yeah. the Navy, right? Or um, Jane Addams. All of these types of things. But it made it felt to me like this is common sense. It's a big thing to me. But so so what was happening with my students is – they, I could read the test to them, they could pass their SOLs. So I was seen as a highly qualified teacher. I got lots of different awards as I taught in the public school. But what that year in particular, my husband would tell the story that I came home almost every night and cried that what was going to happen to those students when they went to apply for a job? Or what about even a driver's license? They weren't gonna be able to read it. I needed the time to spend to teach them how to read and not spend all the time reading it to them. So I was researching something one day and I came across this program and basically it was talking about neuroplasticity, which is a really big um, word nowadays, that the brain is malleable, that we can train the brain, we can strengthen the processing of the brain. And their whole thing was processing or learning disabilities. In order to have a learning disability, you have to have a weak processing area. But again, what we know about the science of the brain is that we can strengthen that. So if we can strengthen those processing areas, now we can remediate the learning challenges and people can be much more efficient. It doesn't work, like for someone who has Down syndrome, that's not going to change because that's a chromosomal. But if you have poor memory or how you think about what you see or hear mm-hmm. is weak, I can we can do brain training activities to strengthen that and then show you how to apply it to the reading. So it was for me, and I say that in my story, that was kind of like the, oh, It was like the most hope giving thing because guess what, now you don't have to be stuck. We can really help you strengthen those areas and and get better and that so that's what started i started um i went and did the training with this place um came back and thought i would do this little kind of thing on the side and um before i even got into my first space i had 10 students and it grew from there so that was how and and so i stopped teaching in the school system and have been doing this full time since the december of 2002 so
0: just hearing that the last few minutes of you telling that story, I just mm-hmm. think if, if if I'm a parent who has has a child who's, who's who's having difficulty, you give me great hope. Yes,
1: I think so. I like to think so. And then so we evaluate to figure out you know what what's causing the problem. And I think that's a missing piece for a lot of parents too, because um, sometimes and. I guess I'd like to just say that real quick, but, you know, if your child's struggling and you take them into the school, the school has to decide do they qualify for, for special services, right? In order to qualify t- as a learning disability, um, they would test your IQ. And what we would expect is, well, if your IQ is average or above average, your schoolwork should be average or above average. But if for some reason we test and your IQ is average or above average, but let's say your reading is below – there's a discrepancy there, and we would say, okay, this discrepancy doesn't make sense to us. The intelligence is there. They're just not performing. Yeah. This is a learning disability. Sometimes reading disability, sometimes dyslexia, those types of terms. And so, but sometimes, and this is really awful, it, there, it used to be like a certain number of points difference. So say, it was 23. So say your child was 22 points different, they didn't qualify for services. But they're still struggling, Yeah. right? And so then the parents would call and say, well, they don't, they, no, the school tested them and they don't have anything wrong. And you're like, well, wait, wait a second. <laughs> they're like reading a year and a half below. They really needed to be reading two years below. But they're only reading, but are you going to wait another year and let that gap continue? So for, for us, like in the school setting, you're just testing to see do they qualify or not. Yeah. Versus in our setting we're going to look to see like what is causing the breakdown and then once we know that then we we set up, up a program to specifically work those areas and then um, then they come in and do sessions and sometimes it's not us but people parents like when you're talking about hope frequently I had parents that have been bebopped around and what you know so they go to the psychologist the psychologist gives a diagnosis but they don't remediate so now they'll say you should go to speech or you should go to ot or you need this and the parents just keep be bopping around that's frustrating
0: what's going to say and and, in the whole time while all this is happening your child is getting farther and farther behind
1: typically or you're spending hours what should take a half hour or 45 minutes to do homework you're spending hours on so and, and normally that is when parents will call. It's either that type of, like, the mom has is done, this is the last night they can do three more hours with this kid, or the parents start to notice the self-esteem. And that, like the devastation for the child of this is really hard and I don't, I'm giving my all. Um, sometimes parents would think it's an effort issue. Well, they just need to try harder. I'm an analogy or a word picture kind of person. So I would say, um, if I took you outside, you know, we have brick building here. If I took you outside and said, if you can hit your head through this brick wall, I'm going to pay you a million dollars. You're completely motivated for a million dollars. How long will you continue hitting your head up against the wall before you say, this is too hard. I can't do it. I give up. That's how our students feel and so it's helping them not feel that frustration not you know not to have that so
0: in a lot of ways, we Christina Carson is, is with us on, on the all business podcast uh, learning enhancement centers is what we're, we're, we're focused on really that it's it's common sense here as we talk so much of this is you're just great to sit down and talk to because you understand and, you know, because as you should discuss, I, I know of situations and, and, and of parents that have gone through that. He has this and this and this, and they say this and they say this. Mm-hmm. And you don't have that here.
1: No. And I can't, so I always have to say to parents, like, I can't give a formal diagnosis. Like, in order to get a diagnosis of a learning disability, autism, ADHD, any of those types of things, you have to typically work with a doctor or a psychologist. But for most parents, they just need to know, is it breaking down? If so, where? And how do I fix it? (laughs) And that's what most parents want. Like, how do I make it better? And the other thing is the symptoms. So the symptom is they're not reading. What's the root cause? And so that's just who I am as a as a parent, I have five grown children, but I had a child who was sick when he was younger. Traditional types of methods were to keep throwing medicine at him versus I was like, what is causing this problem? We found out what was causing it. We treated it. He. That's my one that plays in the NFL. I don't let, you know, he plays for the Chicago Bears. He would never be where he was had I not done those types of things. So it's just who I have always been. It's common sense. I'm going through that with my grandson right now, having some of those things and going, well, what's causing? Let's treat this. And so that makes sense to me in every area, whether it's your health or behavior. Why are they acting a certain way? Academic, figure out what's causing the problem. And then, and most of us just feel better knowing what it is and how do we make it better. Yeah,
0: find it, solve it. That's <laughs> Please. what that is. Please. That that is yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that. And most parents feel that way. Like, oh, my goodness, I feel so much better. Like, I now I know. And profiles show up. Like, even on my testing, which I call kind of a down and dirty test, it's, it's not as thorough as an IQ test, but it matches really closely, typically. And so I can get a ton of information from my test. And then, yeah, just to know now, okay, now what are we going to do? Where are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? How can we make that better for them?
0: So, Christina, as you have people come in here, I mean, I guess you're dealing with people. It, it, it sounds like you you have people as far as uh, – it could be something like autism. It could be just something even more more mild of just it's just they've somebody's gotten behind. So right. you really are dealing with a a, with a wide range.
1: range. Right, absolutely. And uh, like because we deal, I would say reading is our number one claim to fame, and auditory processing, which is an interesting thing. So auditory processing is I hear you, but the way my brain. Understands what I'm hearing is off. So these would be kids that frequently say "huh" or "what," and you like. And if you just stand there for just a second, they actually will get it. They need an extra second to process. Um, I just did a simulation last night where it kind of gives an example of what it might sound like for someone with processing. If they have that issue, then reading is going to be a huge issue. Um, spelling typically will be a huge issue. But so that is probably one of the things processing wise. But most of our students that come to us, our a lot, most of them do not have any IEP, they're not in special education, they're just behind. Our average student And about 40 hours of sessions usually gains two years in the reading, which is really amazing. It's something that I see every day. So for years, I was like, oh, yeah, this is what we do. (laughs) And then you start to talk to parents and you're like, well, actually, that is kind of a big deal. We do do a good job with this. But it's just we see it. It's so common. But it's because we spent the time early in our earlier part of our f- sessions of training their brain to process those sounds, to make sure vision is working correctly. We do all of these things and, and, and teach them how to apply it to their reading. And so it's really exciting. It's not, I mean, that's our average. So sometimes people are lower, but I had one student one uh, a couple of summers ago that went from like a second grade reading to a sixth grade reading. He was going into seventh grade. So, I mean, four years gain in a summertime was, was, was really life-changing. It sounds
0: like this, This the summer, if, if he, is the summer a good time to mm-hmm. maybe get involved? Right. Or just Because by the time school starts, then maybe you're doing a little bit, you know, you're, you're ready for it.
1: Yes. That's actually a great point. I didn't think to tell you that. But yes, because we are not like a typical tutor. A typical tutor, you're going to come in and they're going to work. Most of the time, they're helping your child get through the schoolwork. You know that they're struggling in or they're like they're they're just reviewing what the child's already learned we're doing brain training exercises we're like adding another activity like we're like adding like gymnastics or a sport because you're coming to us twice a week typically we're working on those underlying skills and we're helping you catch up Mm -hmm. summer is actually usually our busiest time of the year because we are it's a great time i'm not competing with their schoolwork Yeah, but I have lots of students that that we don't catch in the summertime that, you know, find out about us in the fall, and we work with them all school year long. We do ask, we're also unique in that we usually ask parents to sit in with us the first two to four sessions, depending, and we train them. So they know exactly how to help their child work on things at home, which cuts down on time and then their cost. So we're very mindful of those, you know, of those types of things with families. And it's nice because if they have younger kids, now they're they're learning, they know. But even just how to interact with your child, how we encourage them, what are the strategies? There's just a lot of really great opportunities for parents on that side too.
0: We could go on hours and hours. This <laughs> is such, it is, it is really <laughs> exciting stuff. And especially, I think for the parents, like you say, that spend hours helping kids with with homework, yeah. right. you're 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 not only helping the kids, but especially the parents sitting right. on it. Right. They're going to come up with some strategies.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's it's interesting sometimes to watch the first of all, parents start to feel empowered and know, or but also sometimes when. Sometimes when we help them understand how their child has been thinking for a while, and then they're like, "Oh my goodness, I've been so frustrated with them that they weren't doing this. I thought it was a willful behavior, yeah. and I didn't realize like if you give the child multi-step directions and they can't do that, or they're just not paying attention. Sometimes there's a memory issue that we have to strengthen, and um, or if we say like their auditory is at this level, and that all the time they thought, "Well, I already told you that." I already told you that and they're getting frustrated but the child was missing it and so I love hearing parents come in and say it's really changed the way I interact and our relationship is better and that I mean I care about your academics I care about who you are but honestly I care about who you know who you are as a person that and and how parents that that that's such a healing time so
0: We've talked today about learning enhancement centers, and it's we're gonna have to come. I we're gonna have to do another one of these shows just to talk because there's there's really a couple of components here. There's learning enhancement centers, and then there's the Marshall School.
1: Yeah. So uh, about three years into the tutoring center, and as I told you, we're adding. We're not. We're not helping the kids. We're not spending time on their schoolwork typically. I kept having students come in. Fifth grade stands out to me a lot, right? Because that was the year. It, it's it's kind of spread more, but especially back when I when I first started, that was the year that they had reading, math history and science tests all in fifth grade so those kids and if you if you're a parent of a child that's in public school you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about these kids come home with these papers with all the facts that they have to memorize by the end of the year and they are studying so much every night and I was like man I have students that are reading below grade level if they didn't have to spend an hour or two every night memorizing (laughs) a lot of information that most of us don't memorize we're going to google and look up later anyways if we can read it and so i was like (laughs) we need to what if i could have these students come and be with me in school for you know a year or two we're going to catch them up and then they could go back and be successful in a school setting what would that look like and um If you really get to know me, everyone around me knows I'm a fire-ready AIM person. So I was probably like July, and I was like, we should have a school. And so we started a school. And I had seven students this year, and I was listening to another person speak who has a school like mine. And I was giggling because she was the exact same way. We're not going to be perfect. There are things that we still have to figure out. But overall, like – So the kids that come to my tutoring center, you know, get that brain training. The kids that come to the school have a full day program, but they also get pulled out for the one-on-one. The types of stuff that they would be getting at the tutoring center, that is part of our school day and their tuition. So they're getting a remedial – all day getting all of that thing. And the other thing we can talk about if we meet back about the school, but the other thing that's awesome is we do a ton of social skills, emotional types of things, developing you as a person, helping you figure out what do you want to do, especially our middle school and high schoolers. What are you interested in? How can we help you develop those skills? I have one that wants to do underwater welding. I can't teach that, but I can help him connect with doing an internship or an apprenticeship of starting. Which is welding and helping him build, but he's going to need to know how to measure. Like all of these skills, he's going to know how to do so he can go out and get a job when he graduates and go to school. So I love the school, but I, again, I talk to my students about this all the time. I, I care about where you are academically. Some of mine are tracking towards college, some are tracking towards more technical trade, and some, and when they first get out, are just going to work a job. But I really care. They are the most encouraging. Bullying is like, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. There's conflicts here, but we help them figure it out. So there's just a lot that I love about the school because I have them all day, every day to work on some of those social and emotional components. We have a lot with attention. We have a lot of, they're called dually exceptional. So they're gifted, but maybe they have attention challenges. I have, a, and quite a few anxiety, which we can talk about at some point, but anxiety is just It's it's just really on the rise. the The research says one out of every three girls has anxiety, Mm -hmm. and so we do a lot of those types of strategies. Within we have time to do that. So, like, if that's impeding your ability to learn we can take time because I don't have to get through a set amount of all this curriculum all day I can take time to help you learn a strategy so now you can sit in the classroom and not be anxious and learn so it changes a lot I love that part too I love them both both sides
0: <laughs> I love about everything you've talked about this I don't have kids anymore uh, that are in school yeah. but this is just I mean you yeah. you you're on to something Thank here
1: Thank there's a big need and there are lots of people that do like parts of what we do it but like i have like i have families that drive currently have i've had families for years travel from front royal down so i currently have that's a two-hour one-way drive matthews county that's a two-hour one-way drive to come to us to work on those things usually we'll do an intensive so we'll see them longer hours a couple days a week especially in the yeah. summertime so that we can get through a bunch of it so it's it's really it's definitely my passion it's just you know something i live and breathe all day long
0: <laughs> how can people find out more and get and get into, what's, what's the best way to get in touch with you
1: typically the website is the best um so you just heard me say I run a school and a tutoring center. I have five children and uh, grandchildren, so uh, so I'm busy. So sometimes I'm emailing people at five o'clock in the yeah. morning or not, whatever late at night. Um, so the website uh, is LearningEnhancementCenters.com. There's a S on yeah. centers. We used to have a few locations. We kind of went back, and we might eventually expand back out of, across <laughs> the area. But it's that's that's a lot. Um, or the Marshallschool.org, either one of those, um, but then typically, if they just click to email me, then they can ask questions, and so that usually that's usually the best way to get at me. They can call, but even then I'll usually say, "Can you give me your email first in case I'm busy? Yeah Well, I, I,
0: I saw somewhere on, on the website where did the, the phrase "Unlocking intelligence for life." Right. And as we yeah. have talked, boy, that, that just really describes what you do.
1: Yeah Thank you. Yeah, I think that's it, exactly it. understanding. Those kids that have struggled and getting them to yeah unlock that potential, yeah. so that they can become who they were called to be. Yep, that that's definitely my passion.
0: Well, we have to do much more of this because I we I'd, I'd like to do just focus on the school some more and just a lot of these and and really for for parents that are that are struggling and thinking what what do I do learning enhancement learning enhancement yeah. is really where to look.
1: Yeah, thank you, thank
0: you. Ty. This has been great. Thank you for what you do, and uh, we will. Definitely, this is to be continued.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Ted. I really loved having the opportunity. Thank you.
0: If you like listening to this podcast, please link, comment, and subscribe. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Music. You can also find us on Channel B online at b1015.com, keyword podcasts. If you want to talk about your business, I'd like to hear from you. You can contact me, Ted at Radio.com. Ted at radio.com. We would like to highlight your business. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Ted Schubel. We'll see you next time when we become all business. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by the host and guests in this podcast are their own and not necessarily those of Centennial Broadcasting.